What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. That is David Lake. We are taping on a Friday morning. David, how, uh, how are things kicking? Good, man. I like the new beat at the start of this podcast. Um, and we're on commit watch, so... It, it could potentially be another exciting weekend for the Miami Hurricanes. I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah, that's the, the big news on Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday night. Top 24-7 wide receiver Romello Brinson will make a, a decision. He's a former Miami commit set to pick between Miami, Texas A&M, and Georgia, LSU, and Alabama are also the finalists. We're going to get into that on the back end of the podcast first part of the podcast wanted to talk a little bit about greg russo uh, miami star pass rusher we are officially close to entering i think um preseason award season yeah Uh, we saw the first preseason all-america team kind of make the rounds i think that was on thursday the walter camp foundation put out It's um, preseason All-American team, and Greg Russo found himself uh, on the first team. Quincy Roche was the second team selection. Um, But the the two things I wanted to talk about or or bring up with you, David, has to do with Greg Russo's draft stock. So we are now, I guess, what, a month removed from the, the 2020 NFL draft. We had those initial kind of mock drafts, which seemed to be uh, an instant reaction type rush where everyone wants to put out a 2021 mock draft as soon as they can. Uh, but as the dust, dust has settled, it's looking more and more like Greg Russo has a chance to be a first-round pick. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, who's the analyst for NFL Network, he tweeted out on Thursday that he's a big – I think it was quote-unquote, I'm a big fan of Miami edge rusher Greg Russo, checks every box for the position – then you had R.J. White of CBS Sports. He put out a mock draft. Um, I think it was on Monday or Tuesday. He had Russo going number eight overall to the Detroit Lions. Um, and this is what he had to say. Despite his high sack total in 2019, I'm not ready to put Russo in the same class as the top edge rushers of the past few drafts like uh, Chase Young and the Bosa brothers. But he should still earn a spot in the top ten. Um David, so I guess my question to you, are you ready to call uh, Greg Russo a lock to be a first-round pick in, in the upcoming 2021 draft? And by upcoming, I mean the draft that's like 11 months away from now. Yes. he. In my mind, it's going to be hard for him to not be a first-round pick. I think where he gets selected within the first-round pick in the first round could be up for debate. And, you know, ultimately that'll all come down to his production this season. I think if he's anywhere close to being as productive as he was in 2019, I think he's going to be an upper half first round pick selection. And I would argue it's probably going to be a lock uh, for him to be selected inside the top 10. You know, you just look at it on paper right now, 11 months out, he is definitely the top edge rusher uh, prospect in this draft, just with his size, athleticism, 
I think, you know, when, when you draft people too, you, you try and project their upside and ability to improve even when they get to the NFL level. And I think Greg Rousseau still has a lot of potential to tap into. And we'll get into this as we have this discussion, but I think that'll show even this season. I think he's got a lot more areas to improve upon from the 2019 season that we'll see in 2020. So yes, I am all in on the Greg Rousseau hype train. I think it's real. I think it's legitimate. Um, and if, if I were projecting, I would say he's going to be a top 10 pick. And I honestly think he's going to have the type of season in 2020 that will validate him as a top five pick. So um, I, I guess I should put my stance here. Like I think Greg at the end of the day will be a first round pick. I'm just not so sure about a, a top 10 pick. Um, and I don't really know why. I guess I'm more so just nervous about the whole situation because I think Greg is a, a freak. Um, I think the best is still to come for him. But I'm, I'm just nervous about not, I guess, would you call it a sophomore slump or, or, or some type of uh, drop-off? Um, and I, I kind of did some research. And look, much like in recruiting um, – with the NFL draft guys stocks go up and down throughout the entire process. But I wanted to look back to last year's uh, way too early mock drafts for the, for the 2020 mock drafts or for, for the 2020 draft and just kind of see where some of those guys fell. Um, the one draft I always reference is, is, is Matt Miller who is uh, with bleacher report. I think he does a really good job and mm-hmm. he had a few different edge rushers in his way too early mock draft for, for 2020 so he had chase young going number one overall chase young obviously went number two um he had aj epinesa who was was out of iowa he had him going number three overall he ended up falling to the second round uh and then there's a few other guys like calavon chasen uh out of lsu he, he had him go number 17 overall ended up going number 20 overall uh, and then there was like some guys that, from Alabama, Terrell Lewis and Amphrey Jen- Jennings. Both those guys ended up going the, in, in the third round. Uh, but the Epinesa one's kind of interesting to me because if you compare Greg Russo to AJ Epinesa, they're, they're kind of similar players. I mean, I, I, Greg's listed at six seven, AJ is is six six. Um, and what when when I dug even deeper into this is AJ Epinesa year two on campus didn't even start for Iowa which is kind of like Greg Russo. I mean, he led the Big Ten in sacks and, and didn't even start a game. And that kind of really shot his stock up. And then I don't know if he didn't have the season everyone expected as a junior, which is the reason why he dropped. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I that is interesting with AJ not being a starter because I was certainly going to bring that up with Greg Russo. You know, I, I did – some of those stats, but you know, when you told me this, this is what you wanted to discuss. And, you know, I think a lot of just general college football fans, or maybe even draft analysts will look at Greg Rousseau's final stats, you know, 15 and a half sacks on the year and just assume he played a ton uh, the whole season. And, you know, Miami fans, you and I know that wasn't the case in those first five games in 2019 
Rousseau averaged only 22 snaps on defense in those five games. In the first two games, he played, I think, 12 snaps against Florida and 14 snaps against North Carolina, uh, which is crazy to think about in hindsight. He didn't get his first start until, I think, game six uh, against Virginia. And from that point on in the season, he started playing uh, starter-level snaps. So from that game on, in you know eight games, the final eight games of the season, he averaged 52 snaps on the year. Um, and in those games, he totaled 10 and a half sacks. So I guess my point is, you know, look, I think if Greg Rousseau plays an entire year um, with starter level snaps, I think his production is going to be on the same level uh, as it was in 2019. And I'm not super familiar with AJ. Like, did his sack totals drop significantly um, during his junior season, Andrew? Or was it pretty much on par as, you know, that season he was a backup? Um, no, no, no. He, he, he was, had 11 sacks in, um, as a sophomore. And then I think it was 11 and a half as a junior. Uh, I, I just brought him up because I thought it was interesting. You know, they're like similar guys. I mean, I think Greg is a, is a way better athlete than AJ Epinesa. Um, but, but it was interesting once I did a little further digging to see that not similar career paths or, or whatnot, but just thought it was notable that, um, you know, he, he wasn't, he, he kind of like, yeah, like made a name for himself much like Greg did in a, in a year like that. Um, I guess if 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 Greg were to go in the first round, which I think you think he is, I, I think he is. I I'm just not again sure that he's going to be top ten. Um, how big is that going to be? You think for Miami, just in terms of perception of the program? Oh yeah, I mean you know we see you know whenever these NFL draft cycles happen. Uh, the local media likes to make a big deal about how, you know, back in the early 2000s and, and the late 90s or whatever, you know, Miami had that, I forget how, exactly how many sh- year streak, 12, 13, 14 year streak of having at least one first round pick selected every year from Miami. And that's an incredible streak. Producing first round picks is an extremely hard thing to do. And, you know, if Miami gets Greg inside the top 10 or or first round, that's definitely something they can celebrate. They can pump their chest about because number one, he's a local guy. Number two, he's a guy that they can point to and, and say, Hey, we also can develop guys like, we're not just a program that's going to bring in, you know, a bunch of four and five star guys that are kind of expected to be NFL players. We can go get three star guys and turn them into first round picks. Imagine what we can do if we have a ton of four and five star talent. Um, yeah, I think this is, this is Greg Rousseau is a good example of the type of player and program Manny Diaz wants at Miami. 
yes, he does want to recruit a ton of four and five star players, but he also recognizes that South Florida is full of late bloomers, um, guys that, you know, it's obviously the deepest, um, talent pool in the country. And so some guys are going to get overlooked. Uh, and some guys are just going to be late bloomers that continue, continue to develop physically and with their techniques in college. And if Manny Diaz and his staff can identify those types and hit on those types, um, you know, the program's going to be in a good spot. Absolutely. Um, I guess, do you think, you know, when you look at Greg Rousseau from 2019, do you, do you think there is still a lot of room for him to grow as a player in terms of like technique still growing into his body? Cause I, I would argue that those are areas where he can still get a lot better in 2020. I think last year he kind of got away, not got away, but he, you know, his strength in my mind as a player is his high motor and his length, which allows right. him to finish a lot of sacks. Like he can right. swing yeah. his arm out and get a sack, like which that's is, the th- is a trait. Like that's a big deal. If you right. that, and on top of that, you can add improved technique or strength or whatever. I think that has the potential of, of a monster defensive end. Do you think right. Rousseau can improve in those areas? I do. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say he, did, he didn't know what he's doing out there, but uh, a lot of time those sacks are because he has long arms and he, he can bend it and get around the edge and has, has a high motor. So uh, I do think he can kind of refine his technique and become a better pass rusher and, and continue to fill out that frame. I mean, I know we've seen some of what he looks like on uh, social media stories, but I'm I'm interested to see what what when fall camp rolls around if he's that much bigger or is starting to fill out. I mean, ideally he's going to have to get up into that you know two 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 sixty five two two eighty range. Yeah. I mean, he's to play at the NFL, so we we know that has to to happen. And man, I think if he gets to the combine, he's going to move like a freak, like uh, just based on his background being a defensive back and a wide receiver like he's a guy who uh, I don't know if he's gonna be a combine warrior but I don't think the combine would would knock him in any way and especially in the on-field testing portion when they do do those drills so I think that's going to help his his draft stock even more um how many how many more preseason award articles do you think you're going to be writing on him (laughs) over the next I don't know two months honestly I'm here for it because there's really I mean, you know, there's not much going on. It's either writing about that or like, you know, the latest COVID updates or how Miami's testing with COVID or practicing during these COVID times. So give me all these preseason award lists. Uh, I'll write about those all day long. I'll write about how Miami's defensive ends, Greg Rousseau, Quincy Roche, you know, all these college football experts seem to think Miami has the best uh, pass rushing duo in the country, which I agree with on paper right now. And that's definitely something to be excited about. So, you know, look, I think what you're maybe speaking to, and I think we should just maybe clarify this. When you say sophomore slump, you're not necessarily saying like, oh, Greg Rousseau's just going to be on autopilot this year. 
he's not really motivated or dedicated this year. I don't think you're saying that at all. I think you're saying, look, the hype is so enormous this year right. with Greg Rousseau. Can he match that hype? Um, and because, you know, look, when you have a ton of hype, honestly, there's only one way to go, and that's down in a lot of people's eyes because people will just start picking apart your faults, whether that's fair or not. Um, that's I, a good way. That's a good way, good way to put it. I mean, like, I don't think he's going to be, I'm not saying he's going to be a, less of a football player than he was last year. Like he's going to be better. Right. I just think the hype is so much. And now you've added uh, some other players to the past. Like the expectations are so high. Um, that's like, all right. I mean, I, like, I think he's going to be a first round pick, but I mean, what happens if, you know, he's not, everyone's going to tear this, this kid down. And I, I don't think right. it should be, be like that. I honestly think, you know, assuming Greg is healthy the whole year, of course, um, I think he's going to challenge for Miami's single season record, which is 17 sacks from Daniel Stubbs sometime in the eighties. I want to say 86, 87, something like that. Um, so, you know, and I think, look, the addition of Quincy Roche is only going to help a guy like Greg Rousseau because teams can't just uh, focus on trying to block Greg Rousseau. Now, they probably will, but I think if that happens all the time, then Quincy Roche is going to make teams pay on the other side of the line, and then some attention will have to shift that way. So, you know, I, I am all on board with the Greg Rousseau hype. I think he's real. I think he is a hard worker. I think he wants to be good at football. Like I said, the motor thing is something you just cannot overlook on no. the defensive line. That is a big deal. And Greg Rousseau has that, um, you know, he, he has that trait in a big way. So I'm all in. I get what you're saying, though. Like, you know, can he match this hype? We'll see. I think he can, but certainly I think it's a fair discussion to have. All right. Coming up on the other side, going to talk recruiting. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So, David, we teased in the intro to the podcast, or, or I should say you did, Miami could be in line to get some, some good news this weekend. And I guess really depending on when you're listening to this podcast, um, there could already be a, a decision has been made. But Romello Brinson, a top 24-7 wide receiver out of Miami Northwestern. He is set to pick 
between five schools. Miami's a finalist. So is Texas A&M. So is Georgia. Alabama and LSU are also involved in there. Uh, although um, it doesn't seem like either one of those schools should be considered much of a, a player in, in the 11th hour. Uh, David, I haven't moved my crystal ball yet, um, but I, I will Friday afternoon at, at some point. And I guess I'll just, you know, preface what I'm going to do. Uh, initially, I had it on Texas A&M, but I, I'm moving it over to Miami. Um, I, I think Miami is in good shape here. Uh, I'm nervous about Georgia, and I know Miami is nervous about Georgia, but it sounds like the Hurricanes have done an excellent job of recruiting Romello Brinson, and that's really uh, the new offensive staff. So Rob Likens and Rhett Lashley and then Stephen Field, who um, handles the inner city for Miami. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're probably, what, 36 hours about away from Romello making a, an announcement publicly. I think right now it's fair to say things are looking good for Miami. Um, but like you alluded to, you know, whenever teams are battling with SEC schools, um, you always worry about things changing, you know, the last 24 hours. Uh, but yes, right now, Miami is in a good spot. I think this is, you know, you hinted at it, but um, Miami's new offensive scheme is paying off in a big way by keeping these local stud wide receivers home. We've, we talked about in a previous podcast recently about Jacoby George. I'm a big fan. I think he's a good, a good fit for this spread offense. Romello Brinson, I think is a, you know, he's, he's the type of receiver that I think can play in any scheme, but he's certainly going to be a monster outside receiver in this type of offense. Um, And look, you hinted at it too. I think this offense is a big reason why we are seeing Miami uh, be able to get studs recommitting because uh, Romello Brinson was formerly a Miami commit early in the recruiting process. And he backed away from that pledge and, you know, all signs now look like he's going to jump back in. That was the case with, uh, Thad Franklin, their running back commit, right? So he recommitted. Uh, Jacoby George, he recommitted. I don't think it should be that, or I think it's an interesting trend that these recommitments are happening on the offensive side of the ball. Why is that happening? Well, Miami simply changed their scheme. Uh, they're going to be running a system that is appealing to high-end local talent. And, you know, this is this is what Miami fans have been craving for. This is what we were pushing for at the end of the 2019 season. And it's paying off big time. Well, I mean, let's, let's be clear. It's not a done deal to Miami. Right. Uh, just yet. Um, what do you have a player comparison for Romello Brinson? I, I know you've seen him at a, a few camps here and there. What do you kind of think of him as a player? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's probably, it's probably just because of his build, but he, he kind of reminds me of, uh, back in the day, Miramar had a receiver, Ivan McCartney. Um, 
you know, they called him Sticks McCartney. He ended up going to West Virginia. Wasn't super duper productive at West Virginia. Had one solid season of over 500 yards and three touchdowns. You know, I think there's some similarities there. Um, as players, I do, you know, I, I am a big fan of Romello. I think, yes, he's a guy that's on the skinnier side, but he has very good length. Um, he's going to fill out in a college level program. He attacks the ball very well um, when he's in 50 50 situations, just him and a DB. He goes in and snatches the ball. The thing I like most about him, you know, is he is productive. He had what over 800 yards and eight touchdowns at Northwestern this past season. And Northwestern plays big time competition. They're in, you know, they play Miami Central, they play Carroll City, they, you know, state championship uh, run last year. So he produced at a high level against big time competition. I think it's going to translate. Do you have a good comp for him? So the one I have on his profile is uh, Traquan Smith, who is a wide receiver. I think he's still with the New Orleans Saints. Um, you kind of mentioned how Romello's a lanky guy or, or uh, comparing him to yeah. Ivan McCarthy, who they, who they call Sticks. Uh, Traquan was kind of similar coming out of Village Academy, which is – a school in Delray Beach. I'm honestly not even sure if, if they're still playing football, but I, I remember seeing him a few times on the camp circuit. I think I actually attended one of his games. He ended up going to UCF was, it was a, a third round pick. Um, kind of, kind of, I just think he's similar to Romello in, in terms of faster than he is uh, quick and good, yeah. good ball skills in terms of going up and, and able to win a ball. And, that that's just kind of what I see in, in Romello Brinson. And look, Traquan played in a spread offense at uh, UCF, and he was like a bigger receiver. And I think that's what Miami's kind of hoping uh, they can get out of a, a a Romello Brinson, a guy who can stretch the field, but but also go up and, and win the ball and allow some of those other players to be more of the slot guys, like a Jacoby George. So right. that that's the comp I have for him. Um, Player comps are pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, you know, you, what you're getting at, and I totally agree with, is he's a perfect fit to be an outside receiver in this Rhett Lashley type offense. In this type of offense, you know, those outside receivers, you know, by and large, they pretty much run go routes all game or deep posts. And those are the two routes Romillo Brinson does best. Um, and yeah, you hinted at it. Like if you have a guy on the outside, like Romello Brinson, that a defense always has to pay attention to as being a deep or, or big play threat, that's only going to open things up for the slot receivers and the tight ends underneath. So it's going to be a pick your poison type situation if Brinson does commit to Miami because at the time of this Recording, it's, it's of course, not done yet. <laughs> um, I think we should also point out if Romello were going to commit to Miami, uh, you know, he would be the highest-ranked yeah. kid in Miami's class. Yeah, I think that's worth noting. I think, too, you know, we, we, we keep talking about this, but uh, it's another South Florida 
guy who's committing. So I think if Brinson does pick Miami, he would be the 16th commitment, I believe. And, and then 13 of them would be from Dater Broward, which to me is remarkable. And if you're a Miami fan, you should love seeing that because, you know, again, South Florida, ton of talent there. And Miami's doing a good job of keeping that talent home. Um, right. And I think Stephen Field would need yeah. uh, definitely, definitely, um, you know, some, some credit. Uh, like I said, Rob Likens and, and Rhett Lashley were involved in yes. this recruitment, but Stephen Field, that's his school. I mean, he's been really involved in it from the jump. And yeah. I keep going back into my head um, to this past season, and I can't remember what game it was before, but Manny Diaz and, and, and Coach Field both attended that Miami Northwestern um, Miami central game at Traz Powell. Yeah. And you know, Miami, uh, they already have three kids from Northwestern. Romello Brinson would make four Cameron kitchens. Who's the uh, four star safety that would make five. And then you got uh, Lawrence Seymour at, at Miami central. He'd be, he'd be six. And then they're also going after Amari Daniels who's at a uh, Miami central. So, uh, yeah. it, it paid dividends to be at that game. No, Stephen Field, you're right. He deserves a lot of credit for the job he's doing recruiting right now. If you look at the uh, recruiter rankings, which is all the college assistants, um, you know, the rankings of the guys that are landing, uh, the best recruits and the most recruits, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Stephen Field right now is number 15 on that list. Uh, that's before... You know, if Romello Brenson picks Miami, he's only going to rise up that list. I would guess he'd be top 10 somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, Miami needs recruiters who are going to be able to convince guys from Northwestern, Miami Central, uh, Carroll City to stay home. And in this cycle, Stephen Field, he's done a good job with that. He also went out and got an elite tight end. Uh, in, in Texas. So yeah, I think, you know, Stephen Field right now is killing it. I think you mentioned too, like uh, Isaiah Walker, right? So Stephen Field was kind of his primary recruiter in high school, right? Right. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, there's a relationship there. Miami New Orleans in that area where Stephen Field recruits. So he, you're right. He deserves a ton of credit for the job he's doing on the recruiting trail right now for Miami. Uh, if, if, if Brinson were to pick Miami and, and he joined the class and I already mentioned how he would be the, the highest ranked recruit, according to the, the 24 seven sports composite, like just taking a look at the list, who is the one that you are the most excited about? Like, what is the one recruit that, uh, you think is, is going to be pretty dang good. That's committed. Yeah, that, that is committed. Um, I let me look let me pull up the list here real quick okay while you do that I'll give you mine okay Elijah Arroyo uh yeah. the tight end you, you mentioned him uh the guys at 24 7 sports that they came they came out with a a story uh, I think it was last week just highlighting some guys that are going to move up in the rankings uh, in terms of tight ends and, and Elijah Arroyo is one of them um you know I sat in or, or pick the brains of some of those guys. And I just think he's one of the more complete tight ends out there. So uh, he's the one I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty dang excited 
And I think him and, and Jacoby George and Romello Brinson, it's going to make it a lot easier for Miami to go get, go get a quarterback. Yeah. So I would go with, I mean, I am a, I, I get the feeling I'm higher than Jacoby George than like the Miami, the average Miami fan. I just think the guy's a stud. Uh, I don't think he's done developing. I think he's got plenty more to tap into potential wise. So I would go Jacoby George. I'm also really high on Ryan Rodriguez, the the center commit. I think he's one of the best centers in the country this cycle. And I think he's got a chance. We'll see. There's a long ways to go. I think he's got a chance to be an NFL center if, if everything goes right in his development. So I would highlight those two guys. But honestly, like the thing I'll say about this class so far is I don't necessarily see any, you know, quote unquote, bad takes. I think all these guys um, have a chance to eventually play at Miami. Now the the trajectories of these guys in terms of their development and when they'll be able to play is different. Um, But even the like, the lower guys on the, on the commit list, I, I can see where they, they will challenge for starting roles as older players or be special teams contributors. And, you know, look, this point that I'm making now has not always been the case at Miami. I remember, you know, the Al Golden era, the bottom half of their classes would be full of guys that, in my opinion, you know, having seen them in high school, I would just be like, man, these guys just don't belong on the roster at Miami. And the problem is when you do that, you know, three, four years in a row, you have a depth chart that is just full of guys that shouldn't be on the too deep depth chart. So I think Manny Diaz, Miami, the staff is doing a good job of of mixing developmental guys that can develop into Miami level players with some of these elite guys that we're talking about, like Jacoby George, Romello Brenson, Elijah Arroyo. And and honestly, that's, that's going to be the recipe for Miami to succeed. I think if you drop a quarterback in it, that's good in a class like this, you know, that's Miami can do some damage with that type of talent. All right, David, what, uh, what do you got going on this weekend and, and what should people look forward to on, on the site? Well, we're going to be on commit watch. So, you know, if, if, if the word does come out that Romello Brinson uh, picks Miami, I would recommend checking out the website because we're going to have plenty of content uh, covering that. How about you? Yeah, uh, going to do that. I think Sunday I'm going to be at a, a showcase up in the Central Florida area, but should be a busy weekend. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, you know, football's slowly coming back. I think, you know, it sounds like the football team is going to be back to being able to working out uh, in the weight room and in, in the indoor practice facility on Monday, June 15th was, is the latest plan. So things are slowly coming back and, and I can definitely feel that the season kind of right around the corner. I'm getting excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited as well. Uh, big thanks to everyone who has subscribed to the podcast, rated, left the review. That goes a long ways. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, guys, we will be back on the next episode with some good news. 
Take care, guys.